Hi and welcome to the Travel Hero Podcast by ITB. Are you ready to reveal some superpowers of the great minds of the tourism industry? I still think our next speaker has a dream job, especially since I'll never have it. He hails from Canada, is a lawyer by training and received an MBA from Harvard. First he practiced law, then he switched to banking, he then went into consulting and he joined this company in 2006. In 2009, as senior vice president and head of corporate development and strategy, he led the business's M&A, merger and acquisition activity around the world, acquiring companies you may have heard of like HomeAway, Travelocity, Awadif, Hotels.com, Hotwire, Orbitz and then significant investment positions in Trivago here in Europe and Despegar in Latin America, South America. In 2012, he became CFO, and in 2014, I guess he didn't have enough to do, so he added executive vice president of operations to his portfolio. And in 2017, he was appointed CEO after his predecessor left to run Uber. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome the Chief Executive Officer of the Expedia Group, Mr. Mark Ockerstrom. Thank you. Welcome back. Thank you. Please. I agree. My I, I think I love my job. Yeah. It is, it's dreamy, most days. Most days. How about before an earnings call? Oh, I think I did my... God, it was like my 30th earnings call oh boy. last quarter, so I got a, you know, I've got a cheat get, sheet. Are you, getting, are you getting good at them yet? <laughs> I can always get better at no, everything. I, I never did one, but I always like, what's your most dreaded question on an earnings call but that you have to answer? You can't, <laughs> you can't skip it. Like some you can say, yeah. I'm not allowed to say that, or that's future. Like, what's the most dreaded one you have to answer? God, it's usually something about some obscure product category like, you know, we, we had an analyst that would join our calls every quarter for a very long time. His name was Michael Millman, uh, you know, wonderful gentleman, but would always ask a question around, you know, average rental day, oh. you know, revenue per rental day in Chicago. Uh. I'd just be like, oh, I have no idea. <laughs> well, it's better than how many Weber grills were sold there. So... <laughs> In uh, December, uh, you opened your uh, big annual event. It used to be called the Partners Conference. I think you call it uh, Explore. Yes. Now, and I believe you said we are now the largest travel platform covering 75 countries and all segments of travel. Yeah. We are truly sitting at the center of the industry. So can you explain? Yeah. Since was anyone <laughs> here there? Probably not. Okay. So if you could, yeah, oh, there you go. Oh, well, you were. There. They work for Expedia. Your team. <laughs> Elaborate on what yeah. you meant by that. Well, um, you know, if you think about what we built, uh, it's, it's pretty remarkable, uh, which is, you know, travel is essentially, you know, it's the largest, one of the largest yeah. industries ten, in the world. Ten, ten percent yeah, ten of percent global, of GDP. global GDP. One in ten jobs, one in five new jobs are in travel and tourism. Uh, last year, we did close to $100 billion in bookings, just shy but almost $100 billion in bookings. And if you think about what the travel industry is, it's essentially connecting people who want to go places yeah. with people who will either take them there, give them a place to stay, or a great thing to do once they get there. Um, 
we sit at the center of all of that. So on the, on the, on the traveler side, uh, we're north of 700 million visits to Expedia customer-facing properties every single month. And how many brands are there? I feel like last I counted was 20, many. three or seven? Many, many. You know? Close to 30, yeah. yeah. Um, so 700 million visitors each, yeah, per year each, to each all of the month. Oh, each month. Each month. Sorry. Each month. All those. Uh, about 2 million corporate travelers using it. We power over 100,000 offline travel agents are using it. We handled 50 million contact center calls or texts. And then on the other side, you've got a million properties are now on the core platform, 1.8 million alternative accommodations available on VRBO, 500 airlines, over 150,000 car so rental that, companies, and we sit in the middle of it all. And that's what you mean by platform? Yes. Supporting a whole... Yeah, uh, platform. I mean, we're connecting travelers on one side with uh, travel providers on the other side, and we're trying to match them in the most intelligent way yeah. possible. I think another thing you said is that... So it's Expedia celebrating its like 20th anniversary since the IPO? I heard somebody... Well, since the close. IPO, we're now 23. Three, we're uh, 13 years, oh. and we celebrated Expedia.com's 20th year anniversary 20th, about two years ago. Okay. Yeah. Believe it or not, I remember when that happened. That's not good. <laughs> so I think you said that Expedia spent the first 20 or so years building traffic or building this platform, yeah. and you're going to spend the next 20 or 25 years putting the A back in OTA. Yeah. So I guess there's something serious in that otherwise yeah. ironic line. Can you yeah. explain that? Well, you know, the first 20 years of the real impact of the internet and technology on travel was essentially taking that green screen that travel agents used to look at and sit behind with a potential traveler across from them. And really the traveler was essentially being served by this travel agent. But they couldn't see everything. And, you know, in fact, they were limited to some extent by the expertise of the travel agent. Mm. The last, you know, the first 20 years of travel, we and many other players in, in, in our space took that green screen, turned it around, and basically said, here is the power of, of seeing what the world has to offer right in your hands. So putting the, empowering the customer. Empowering the customer. And, and, you know, we didn't know back then, but, you know, doing it on a mobile device when you're in destination and, you know, maybe booking a, a tour or a museum ticket, etc. cetera. Uh, it came so far. But what we still haven't done and what is yet to be done is those other great things that travel agents did. And, and many travel agents still do this, and we supply a number of them, which is say, you know what, Philip... How was that trip that you took last year? And I know, I know that you love to have the corner room, and I know that you like the aisle seat. And why don't you take another trip? And instead of going to Hawaii, why don't you try Mexico? It's very similar. It's, it's so that's and, what the A is. Yes, and also if something goes wrong, Philip, I'm going to monitor your trip. Yeah. And if this flight gets canceled, if you're going to miss your connecting flight, I'll take care of it for you. Don't worry. I'll give you a call and let you know your new flight. That part of travel agency, being the advocate for the customer, looking out for them, making sure that you know them, that you've got a personal connection. That's what the next 20 years are all about. And does the tons and tons of data that yeah. Expedia have have something to do with putting the A back? Absolutely. The How does that work? Absolutely. So, you know, we sit 
on a, a massive amount of data, like petabytes of data that would fill, you know, if there were still disk drives or even just on those sticks, it would fill this whole room. It's, it's remarkable. And it used to be that really until a year and a half ago, two years ago, that we would take this data. It was called big data. For us, it's just data. It was thank, called big data. Thank goodness that phrase. <laughs> yeah. You, you, would, you would take people that used to be analysts and then they became data scientists. And those data scientists would They do, get a raise? They got a raise. Of oh. course, if you change the title, That's... you get a raise. You're a scientist, of course. And they would do a bunch of analysis and they would produce a report and then they would say, here's what we should do. Those days are gone. It's gone from big data to streaming data. It's gone from modeling to artificial intelligence and automation. And what's that, what that's doing is allowing us to really live up to the promise of the internet, yeah. which is, I don't know if anyone saw that show Minority Report with Tom Cruise a long time ago. I don't know if anyone saw that. I but, did. but, you know, he's walking through a mall, and as he's walking through the mall, the advertisements are changing based yeah. upon his preferences. We can do that now. They also would arrest you for that you were planning on committing murder. Yeah, we're not doing that. We're not doing that, but, you know. That's a creepy movie. (laughs) (laughs) Priceline Group. Who? Um, I I don't know. I thought they were... Anyway, I think they changed their name to Booking Holdings, and not too uh, long after you changed your name to Expedia Group, Inc. Yeah. Is this something more for Wall Street, or is there something that of value the yeah. audience needs to understand. Yeah, well, it, was, it wasn't for Wall Street. Uh, it was actually for all of our stakeholders and all of ourselves, for our employees, yes, a little bit for our investors, for our partners, for our advertisers. Uh, really, it gave us the opportunity to say, you know what, we're not a corporate holding company. You know, we are actually the world's travel platform. We were allowed by articulating the new name to hang upon it a whole new vision, a whole new purpose, six strategic imperatives, guiding principles for all of our employees. It gave us an identity. It gave us something to say, hey, we're all part of this. For our partners to say, you know what, I'm dealing with Expedia Group. It's not just Expedia or Hotels.com or Travelocity or Agencia, the fourth largest corporate travel agency, but rather it is Expedia Group. And that gave us an identity and it gave us a voice and an image for the whole industry. Hmm. I mentioned uh, in the opening you ran mergers and acquisitions Mm -hmm. for a long time. I would still guess you have your finger in it, but like 2015 was a huge year. Yeah. Six billion around and super fun last year was tiny yeah by comparison less yeah. than a percent of what yeah. you did so is that shift more an opportunistic reality of the marketplace or and or a slight shift in strategy yeah yes <laughs> you all know, of the it's, above. it's all above I and mean, we've always been opportunistic on on m a and 2015 was you know our, as you know it was our Monster largest year year ever. Um, and, you know, I think we've got to a position where, you know, we really had everything that we needed strategically. You know, we are strategically complete. And what we needed to do, and certainly this has been one of the things that I've been very focused on for the last year and a half, is we needed to take this incredible thing that we had built and grow. that is unrivaled 
and simply operate it more effectively. And that's what I've been focused on, but absolutely we'll still be opportunistic on, yeah. on m So I love that. So in this kind of marketplace with lots of headwinds, and I know you heard my talk at the dinner, and yeah. like, how do you... So oh, at a moment in time, you're strategically complete, yeah. but how long could it take before a whole opens up and then all of a sudden you might say you're strategically incomplete again. Yeah. Well, listen, there, the, I, I say we're strategically complete. I, you know, we are subscale in China. We are subscale in India. I mean, there's always geographic regions where we could Those be, holes. be stronger. We've got geographic holes. We need to be bigger in corporate travel. So we know there are areas where we need to beef up and we'll get there organically or inorganically. But as you know, in this industry, stuff pops up, stuff pops up and you've got to be, you know, our M&A team is is bigger than it's ever been because you've got to have your feelers out there, make sure you're aware of what's happening and be able to act organically or inorganically can happen fast. Professional paranoia is a, is a good thing. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, you said, I mean, agencia, Expedia Group's corporate uh, travel management company is sort of tied with Flight Center in fourth and yeah. fifth besides Amex, GBT, BCD, and um, Carlson, Carlson, CWT. So that's that's pretty big. That's one of Expedia's biggest success stories. Yeah, we built it essentially from scratch. We combined it with a acquisition of a company that Metropolitan was, Travel. Well, Metropolitan Travel, and then uh, it was called Agencia actually, which was a great ah. company based in in Paris, which we ended up transporting the name. But the the you know the genesis of it was something called Expedia Corporate Travel that we started relatively early on, uh, and it's been great. Uh, but it needs to be bigger. Can you? But the big three are huge. Right? Yeah, they're huge. Can you become number three? Well, we've been growing three to four times faster than them for yeah. you know the last you know whatever years. If we keep doing that, I mean the, the laws of compounding will tell us that we'll yeah. we'll get there. But I'd love to get there faster. Yeah. So uh, you have CFO in your blood. We're just chatting. Lyft just filed two days yeah. ago. It's uh, S one with the SEC. That's the uh, Securities and Exchange Commission in the United States, and f- the formal first step of going public. So, what are you, what are you hearing about the S one filing? What do you think is going to happen? Well, um, first of all, I think it's going to be a very interesting year in in the equity markets. You've got Lyft, who's coming out. Uber has Uber. said they're coming out. Probably Airbnb. Airbnb has said they're coming out. Uh, so, I think it's going to be fascinating. We have. Uh, we really are, I think, towards the end of a cycle where private capital was almost free. <laughs> and these private companies were able to raise billions and billions of dollars, which was unheard of. Pro- oh, you they, know, they f- go public at 100x, what, yes. like Microsoft did or something. Yes. Yeah. And so, you know, it, when you end up with these valuations that are so inflated, I think you know, the risk is you end up like Snap or some of these other companies that have gone public, that go public very high. And then, you know, the equity markets in the short term are a voting machine. In the long term, they're a weighing machine. And ultimately, their numbers catch up to them. So yeah. I, it's going to be very, it's going to be very interesting to see yeah, what happens. I just learned year. about this company, Taxify. I don't know if you ever no. heard of them. They're, they do ride hailing, but then you list, they're basically in every country that no one else is in. Yeah. Massively, like in Africa. Yeah. And so it's quite well. The, the interesting thing about this ride-sharing business, too, is that even though you have global players, it ain't a global business. 
it's a collection of local businesses. Yeah. And so you are ripe for disruption for local players who get the supply and demand yeah. economics that is, right. That is sort of the amazing thing about Airbnb. Yeah. Is they conduct a robust business everywhere. Yeah. But everywhere. They, but they are a truly global business. I mean, if you think about travel compared to every other industry, yeah. there is not a more global industry. You know, even you look at Amazon, massive company, but a lot of it is just yeah, local business. Company, it's, yeah. it's shipping things from one place to another place in the location. And, and you can't get the stuff on one Amazon site in one country yes. you can on the other. Whereas travel, we're shipping humans, <laughs> and yeah. they travel around the world. Amazing, amazing. So speaking of global and international yeah. expansion, that's always a priority yes. for you and, yeah. the, and the group. And you've invested in Trivago and Despegar and done yeah. this and Traveloka. that. Traveloka. It's Traveloka in Indonesia, sorry. Mm -hmm. But it's still really, why is it so difficult, challenging? <laughs> <sighs> it's one of the hardest things you have it, to do. It, right? is, it is one of the hardest things. Um, and we've made it a real priority. I think I talked about it last time yeah. we were here. One of our big strategic themes is about being locally relevant globally and making sure that we are building leading experiences country by country and that we're not just skimming and not just kind of third best at, at everything. Um, and it's hard. You know, we're, we, we had a handful of countries that we really focused on. By the way, countries that in many cases we've been in for 15 years. And going through and making sure that you've got all the payment types, that your tone of voice and your content is in the local, you know, the local language, the local flair, making sure that you've got, you know, all of the photos, making sure that your marketing is locally relevant. This is hard. It takes focus. And for a global company who at the same time is trying to harness global scale yeah. from a technical and operational standpoint, it's a hard, you know, yeah, it's a hard thing to do. On the international uh, front, you've got some pretty big competitors. You've got yeah. big competitors, and, and in some cases, you've got competitors who, in some of these emerging markets, are running massive losses yeah. and, you know, giving real customer su subsidies. So you've got to be patient, you've got to be focused, but it takes a long time. Yeah. So as we're discussing, lodging is such a huge part yeah. of this. I'm sure you know him, Hilton CEO, Christopher Nacetta. He had, at his earnings call, I don't know if you heard it, he announced a surge in direct bookings. Yes. Right? And this is the same company. Last year I played the video of the television commercial campaign, Stop Clicking yes, Around. Stop Clicking Around, yeah. Yeah. So Gave what's Chris going a hard on time here? about that. <laughs> Expedia's brand sells a lot of Hilton. Yes. Big partner. Yes. But they unabashedly yeah. campaign and market and promote not doing business with you, selling direct. Yeah. How do you, how do you navigate that? It's awkward. You know, it's, it's awkward for me it, to read. It's 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 awkward, but you know, I'm a big fan of Chris and I have a great, a great relationship. Yeah. I, you know, I've got a ton of respect for him as I do, you know, Sebastian Bazin and, uh, you know, Arnie Sorensen, you know, all, all of the leaders of these, you know, great branded chain hotels are high quality leaders. And I completely understand what they're trying to do. And I would be doing the same thing. And I am doing the same thing versus Google. The, you know, the, the, the thing that's happened with all of these brands is that for better or for worse, they've divested their real estate portfolios. And 
therefore, to essentially continue to deliver value for their owners, they've yeah. got to demonstrate that they can actually engender customer loyalty. Yeah. And the way to do that is to show that you're able to get repeat business and, and drive direct. Yeah, so, this is like if I remember asking Darren Houston, he used to work with Starbucks. I can't imagine Starbucks advertising, don't buy bags of coffee beans in grocery stores, right. only go to the store. Yeah. I can't imagine that. Well, listen, I think that the, I think that the advertising campaign was misguided ah. uh, because I think that... I doubt he would... Well, he, he may not say that. I think the strategic intent is right. I think that telling consumers not to do what we know that they will do forever, which is shop around, I think is, it'd be hard for me to imagine that that was the thing yeah. that drove their you know, direct, yeah. direct growth. So, some interesting lodging statistics. I think I had this right with Expedia. 45% of your room nights booked were in a different country than... In a destination different than the person lived in. When yeah, they sounds about right. Is that right? Uh, one in three room nights are booked on, booked on mobile. Yeah, and actually, 2018, our mobile app growth for brand expedient hotels.com, 50% year over year. And the vast majority, vast majority of homeway bookings are four or more people. Yeah, that's about that's about right. And those are yeah, those are sort of unthinkable statistics just a few years yeah. ago. Yeah. But would you say it's more than about Expedia, like I always try to help the people in the audience that if their business isn't trending like somewhat <laughs> in this direction, they, yeah. they should be thinking about yeah. this to grow. Well, you listen, the world is going mobile. I mean, it's just, it's happening. It's, gone you, mobile. it's that that's the thing. I mean, we're developing mobile first and you know, that's why our apps are growing so quickly. And, um, so that's absolutely yeah. happening. People are traveling international. Now, I, I wonder with the economic uh, signals we're seeing, whether things might go a little bit more domestic for a while. That often happens during downturns. But the first thing that people do when they, wanna, when they get a little bit extra money in their pocket travel. is they want to go explore. They want to travel. Yeah. And so, yes, people are going to travel internationally. It's a good business to be in. All the, all the students working for ITB this year. Great business to be. You're in a, in a good channel. Great business. The company you never heard of, Bookings Holdings, uh, recently broke out, I think for Booking.com, maybe for Goda also, the percentage of transactions for what's called alternate accommodation, yeah. so vacations, rentals, homes. And I think the number's around 20%. Were you surprised how big that was? No, sounds, you know, sounds right. They've been at it for a while. Yeah. They execute very well. I have a huge amount of respect for them. If you take a look at our... Uh, you know, if you just look at, at HomeAway, I mean, the last 12, trillion 12 months for, or it's 2018, it was close to $12 billion yeah. of bookings on a, you know, overall bookings, including a pretty big air business of $100 billion. So 20% sounds Is that your best acquisition? Um, now they're all children. You have to love them the <laughs> I mean, same. I love them uh, all. Uh, all right, I'll say I, it. I mean, I'll say it. We're very I, happy with that one. I'll say I think that was your best. <laughs> but seriously, which, another thing maybe to help the audience... So Booking.com gets 20% of its gross volume in alternate accommodations with one brand. Mm -hmm. Speedia uses the HomeAway brand, yeah. which, is, like, which is the correct strategy. Well, uh, so remember that Booking Holdings also has a Goda. They've also got Kayak. They've also got da, 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 uh, Priceline. Remember Priceline? 
Um, I do. I, so, went, I went to high school with Jay Walker. Oh, okay. Yeah, I, he's a great guy. Yeah. Um, so it's not necessarily that they have a different strategy. It's just they've got this one business called Booking.com, which just exploded, again, through great execution that we have a huge admiration for. Yeah. We've had a bit more balance. Hotels.com has done exceptionally well. Expedia has done exceptionally well. Travelocity, Orbitz. So we've just got a different mix of our portfolio. We don't have yeah. one that's just been incredible. Uh, although I'd love to have one. Yes. Or two. I'd, I mean, I'd love to have Booking Holdings as part of Expedia, but that's not going to happen. Keep, keep wishing. I think I might become CEO of Expedia before that <laughs> happens. And that ain't happening. <laughs> Flipping it in uh, reverse... Airbnb uh, just hired uh, Fred Reed. And, yes. An airline guy. Yeah. Quite a reputation. Yeah. So like, we can only conjecture at the moment, but I don't think they hired him because he was a nice guy. Yeah. What, 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 do you, what are you guys, what's Expedia thinking going to happen at Airbnb with Fred? I think they may be thinking about starting up a little transportation business, maybe yeah. a little flights business. And do you think they'll do that by acquisition mostly, or do you think they'll do the unthinkable organic? <sighs> yeah, I don't know what they would acquire. Um, but listen, I think that you know all of the airline partners, I think all 500 plus of our airline partners are dying for another online distribution oh, partner. Sure. They would love one. So, uh, you know. So what, will, so what will happen? It's, it's unlikely that global aviation will incrementally grow if and when Airbnb launches an online air business. So those transactions are either going to shift from the likes of Expedia over or from supply. to What, yeah. what do you think will or, or it won't work? Well, I... It'll probably work. Listen, I, th I think that um, Airbnb did an incredible thing. They built an incredible business with an incredible brand that stands for something. Yeah. It's a niche business. It's a big niche. It's a beautiful niche, but it's a niche business. And it is very hard. Vacation rentals. Yeah. Alternative yeah. accommodations is a, is a one piece of a $1.7 trillion market. Like, and the other big piece of it is air, et cetera. It's a 30 or $40 billion. Yeah. Niche. Yeah. Okay. Well, even more. I yeah. mean, 30 and 30 to 40 if you just add up home away vrbo and airbnb yeah uh not to mention booking holdings and what we do on expedia but uh, and there's a whole bunch of other stuff that goes through property managers etc huge but it is very hard for brands to port themselves into other lines of business we know it the people at booking holdings know it consumer products companies know it it's very difficult and and add to that just the technical challenges of running a flights business. I mean, we're doing, I think the last stats, like crazy, like 15 billion flight searches, you know, per month or some cra like crazy numbers. You have to have huge infrastructure. You've got to be incredibly good at, you know, probabilistically figuring out fares and availability. It's hard. GDS connectivity and then low-cost yes. carrier connectivity yes. and now... Um, and again, no, none of the... Virtual interlining, all this stuff. And who wants to build another API to another third-party distribution channel? It's very hard. But they're going to have to, right? Well, they, they can 
build whatever they want, but they've got to get the airlines and the yeah. GPSs to help them along the way. So, again, I'm not saying it's impossible. I'm just saying that expanding into a low-margin business that is highly competitive, that costs a lot of money and expertise to build and requires the cooperation of people who don't necessarily want what you're building yep. to exist, it's hard. We'll have to, we'll have to watch that closely. Yeah. I want to shift gears and ask, talk about blockchain, but in a different, different okay. way. So flashback, I started Focusrite in 93, 94, yeah. pre-web. Yeah. I would sit on stage and ask CEOs of travel companies back then, what do you think of the internet? And I got, always got the same answer. Well, it's very interesting technology. We have a team looking at it. Yeah. It's very small right now. Basically, I'm not doing anything. So that, that was <laughs> it. And that's why I launched Focusrite. And all those companies seeded the online space to you and Travelos. Like mm -hmm. 100% of the new entrants were new. I mean, 100% of the internet travel companies were new. Yeah. There was no successful transformation at all. Yeah. So, you know, I, and I, I ask people like you, what about blockchain? We have a team looking at it. We'll see. It's a little early. I can't really predict. So which way do you think it'll go? Like what I experienced with internet and like some new players came yeah. in and shocked everybody yeah. or at the right time and place and set of conditions, Expedia and other e-commerce companies will step up? Well, I think it comes down to your definition of blockchain. I mean, do I think that if there were a new communications platform which were to emerge, that the players that were born in that environment would be more likely to win than the incumbents that had to transition? Yes. But blockchain is simply a communications protocol. And data, and data, but yeah. I mean, it's just a, it's just a different communications pro, uh, protocol that operates over the internet. <laughs> yeah. So I view it uh, as that. I don't view it as a new thing. I don't think it's, I don't think it's comparable to uh, the advent of the internet yeah. or online. Uh, we have taken a very close look at the applications of blockchain in our business, and we were one of the first to adopt you know, Bitcoin, cryptocurrency, which is one application of, of blockchain. We've looked at it in terms of its ability to outperform yeah. our existing infrastructure on basically degradating inventory and passing payments. And the fact of the matter is, is that it's a less efficient, more costly uh, form of solving right. that problem of matching inventory and payment yeah. than what we've got right now. So, so I'm, I'm interviewing uh, Fritz, the CEO of TUI, okay. next. Yeah. Maybe he's standing in the back. If he was, I would see him because he's tall. But anyway, I'm going to ask him again about it. They're pretty aggressive with blockchain. It'll be interesting. Yeah. So before we go to the audience questions, just the New York Times reported last week that uh, Facebook and uh, Telegram, and I forget the, the signal, are planning to launch their own cryptocurrencies. Mm -hmm. Facebook first with WhatsApp, which it owns. And unlike the pioneering companies, such as Bitcoin, that first promoted cryptocurrencies, these messenger companies have billions and billions yeah. of, use, of users. You take WhatsApp, Instagram, and Facebook Messenger, I think you're getting dangerously close yeah. to 40% of planet Earth. So. And the idea on WhatsApp, for example, is to send a payment to somebody else anywhere in the world instantly. Yeah. You think that would be a catalytic event? 
in terms of blockchain and cryptocurrency? I mean, honestly, it sounds a lot like PayPal to me. It sounds like Alipay to me. And whether you give, whether you give the transmission of the of the value, yeah, going from U.S. dollars to euro, whether you give that that transmission its own ability to store value and you give it a name and you call it a cryptocurrency, the functionality from the customer standpoint is the same. I want to transfer value to you. So I don't think it's necessarily transformational. Do I think it'd be a great way to create more hype? Yeah, Yeah, that's for sure. It'd be a great way. And I don't know PayPal, but I have a funny feeling they have quite a large team at this because they're they right do, in the and they do crosshairs. Yeah, yeah, and they do great. They do great at it. And if they can transmit value via blockchain and they can come up with their own currency name, yeah. maybe that's interesting. They probably got a head start. I wish I could do this. The first question is from Anonymous. We don't get that. We have to. But Our employees always make up names. So uh, it's always like, you know. So Mrs. Glenn An- Fogel. Mark. Blah, blah, blah. Mrs. Anonymous wants to know, what's Booking.com doing better than you? Yeah, right now. Oh, I've got. To, I bet so many things. I mean, I think they've been, they have been, absolutely incredible on global expansion. Uh, global expansion, tying supply and demand together, being locally relevant on a global basis. No one has done it better than them. I think yeah. they are an operational machine, and we are doing our best to catch up. Uh, but I think it's a big I, thing. Yeah. I think they're doing. I think they're doing yeah. a lot right. Yeah. So the next one's about tours and experience. I was talking to you about it before. Before getting the question, particularly, I know Expedia has been selling tours and activities for a very long time. Because yeah. a good friend of mine did that in Paris yeah. for you. Uh, more recently, almost seven hundred million U.S. venture money invested in mm-hmm. the likes of uh, Kluk and Get Your Guide, among yeah. others. TripAdvisor, invite. Yeah. Uh, um, buying Viator, and then Bokum, the res platform, mm-hmm. Tui by Amusement. Um, and there's one more that um, was, what was it? Ah, Fair Harbor. Booking's buying Fair Harbor. How could I forget that? So uh, what's going on in the space? And is Expedia going to hit the reset button in tourism activities? What about reset button? It's a, you know, again, we've been in this business for uh, almost 20 years. 20 years, yeah. Uh, you know, we do you know, north of half a billion dollars of activities business. And, uh, you know, it's a great business. It's a great business. I think that it is one of those businesses, though, that is, has a huge amount of fragmentation on on the supply side. Uh, It has been one of those businesses that until the advent of mobile was something that was hard to do online because simply people did not want to book in advance of taking a trip. I think that... Yeah, you, it's also not the first thing you book. Right. Yeah. It's the last thing you book, unless yeah. you're going for a concert or, you know, a, a Broadway show, for example. And I think that the, you know, as mobile has become more significant, as mobile apps have become more significant, I think we've got north of 300 million mobile app uh, downloads as artificial... 300 million. Yeah. Wow. Um, you know, it's, it starts to become worth aggregating all the fragmentation. And you see a lot of players that are actually doing it. And remember, this is a big industry. It's north of $100 billion in activities from what I've seen. The latest I saw was 170 or 180 billion US. Yeah, it it makes sense that because of the fragmentation, I think there's a great revenue pool opportunity. Because you've got consumers now who you can hit in destination, 
you know, I think capital looks to go to uh, new things where there's some contextual change. And the contextual change here is that mobile is now in everyone's pockets and you've got the ability through location ID and through artificial intelligence to serve real-time relevant offers to customers in destination. Yeah. I think that's a great contextual change. And I think you've got a number of players like Fair Harbor, uh, like uh, Kluke, that are going in and doing the hard work of, a lot. of getting all of the supply side working. And so that's what's happening. And of course, we are doing the same thing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um. The third question, Marmy, tell us how uh, Expedia's operation in Jordan is uh, doing, growing. Yeah. And then we'll talk, ask that question. Yeah, it's so, gr it's so great. Um, so we, you know, I think as you know, we, uh, in, in conjunction with the King and Queen uh, of Jordan and, and the government, uh, after they did such a great thing for the world and opening their doors for refugees, decided that we were going to open up a, a development center in Jordan. And uh, we opened up this office. Uh, we've staffed it up. We've got about 100 people there right now. Uh, it's 50-50 uh, men and women. It is software engineering, product development. Uh, they are, you know, they're exceptional. They are just learning and getting better. They're integrated right into the Expedia flow. This is not a little project. Is it in Amman? Uh, it is, yeah, just outside. Just outside. And, it, it, you know, it's great. And, I, and the hope is that we can, we can use that to attract other tech companies and, yeah, yeah. and actually yeah. build a meaningful uh, presence in, and, uh, in tech in that region, and, and we're yeah. very optimistic. I know Cluj, Romania, has been amazingly successful yeah. in that. So there's a specific question. What are Expedia's plans regarding halal-friendly accommodation search <laughs> to address yeah. the very 230 so, billion. Yeah, so we've got a so mantra, in addition to locally relevant globally, it's about being customer-centric. And this, amongst so many other customer categories, are you know, things that we haven't historically gotten right. I mean, you yeah. think about, you know, in, you know, in the Middle East generally, you know, we have not been particularly locally relevant. Uh, we haven't been particularly customer-centric. We're going to fix that. Even families, we have not been customer-centric in addressing yeah. family needs. I think, that, you know, huge, huge opportunity, obviously, for us to be more customer-centric, more locally relevant. Uh, it's on the list. You know, we will, we will get to it amongst the yeah. billions of things that we can do better. This is absolutely one of them. So we start winding down. So, like, your CEO of Expedia Group, Growth is something you have to think yeah. about morning, noon, and night. What are the biggest challenges more like global economy things you cannot control or more competition that yeah. we've discussed? I mean, they're all important. Yeah. Or more execution, would you say? Like execution. Execution. It's, you know, listen, the, 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 the global economy is always a, it's always a factor, but it's kind of under, out of our control. In fact, it's totally out of our it's control. It's not a great excuse. Is and yeah, so you can't look at that and say, oh, I'm not growing because of that now. You, you've got you, to basically take that as a given. Your competitors are going to do what your competitors are going to do. And the second you start chasing them or following them and looking at what they're doing and say, I've got to copy that, 
is, you know, the second you're just always one step behind. So what's left? What's left is to come up with your own strategy, choose where you're going to play, how you're going to win, and then execute the heck out of it. And so that's where we are focused. It is 100% execution. There's nearly 25,000 people that work at Expedia today, plus another 15,000 or so that work in the call centers. It's a massive organization that has a ton of complexity. How many employees total? About 25,000 FTEs wow. and another 15,000 or so in the call centers. Wow. So, so it, you, you've got to get the organization moving, making the right decisions, doing the right things. Can, and that's Can you actually pick job. up the pace as CEO? Yes. Yes. You're trying and, to do that? Yeah. That, listen, the, the third leg, customer centricity, locally relevant, globally, third leg was speed at the pace of execution and innovation. And the way, and we have absolutely done that, by the way, and we have lots of room to go, but the way that you do that is not choosing what you do, it's choosing what you don't do, focusing on a few things, saying no to a bunch of yeah. things, getting clear metrics, getting people focused and, and moving quicker, and that's exactly yeah. what we're doing. Tell us about the, uh, I think it's the partner program where uh, Expedia employees can work inside your, do I have this right, hotel partners? Hotel and partners can come can and work come with and us. Come and work in Expedia. Yeah. You're doing yeah. that? Yeah. Um, it's a, it's a you know, cool thing we just announced at the partner conference. Uh, you know, listen, it, it, so the, the concept is that people who work for our partners come, come and join us for you know, a few weeks or a month and see, see what we do and work with us. And it's part of a broader theme for us. In addition to being customer-centric, we want to be partner-centric. We recognize that for us to be successful the whole ecosystem has to be successful. And that includes small independent hotels and activities operators, our big chain partners, our big airline partners. So we're increasingly trying to find ways where we can help people be successful. And is that skilling them? Have you started that? Have they started coming in and working yet? Not yet. Not yet. Not yet, but it's... Uh, so what kind, what, what kind of jobs could an uh, <laughs> independent hotelier from yeah. Germany do it? Well, they would probably do things like work with the product team that we have that is focused on our, what we call Expedia Partner Central, which is our partner-facing mobile applications and, and intranet, and help us research and understand how can we do better there. You yeah. know, not for the average hotel, but for the hotel that has five rooms and the hotel that has 20. And, and will an Expedia employee work at a small hotel also? If they let them in? Not yet. A lot of our Expedia employees actually have worked in small hotels before. And are you going to sign up for this program? <laughs> They'd be like Undercover Boss or something like yeah. that. TV show. I don't know. Ladies and gentlemen, Mark Ockerstrom, thank you very much. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks for listening to the Travel Hero Podcast by ITB. If you like what you heard, make sure to check in soon again and subscribe to our channel to know when it's time to reveal another Travel Hero story. 